Baker's Dozen by Jim Harmon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dale Grothman. Catching him was no problem. They caught him everywhere, and practically all at once. Baker's Dozen by Jim Harmon. Mr. Street, you are the foremost xenologist on Earth, the director of extraterrestrial investigations said to the tall man. I know, Street said. What do you know about the infamous criminal Baker, the so-called Robin Hood, who is actually a scarlet fiend? Everything. Surely not how he died. Everything but that. The director put his briefcase on his knees. Mr. Street, my agency received numerous accounts of his death, or deaths, on various worlds. Can you tell me which, if any, of these stories is true by studying our intelligence reports? Easily, Street said. We have had Baker under observation many times by our planted Orwells, our peep bugs but you must understand that we need absolute proof on him since he has supporters even on earth and in waiting on that proof we lost contact often at vital moments i understand perfectly street assured him one are there really space pirates mrs fulljohn inquired of him giggling furiously yes virginia there really are space pirates baker assured her Mrs. Fulljohn lowered very long lashes over formidable eyes. My first name is Christine. Will they come at us out of the void with all guns blasting? I doubt it. They would want to rob the liner, not disintegrate it. Baker excused himself and strolled toward the afterdeck of A-Class. He had lied to the lady. The hyper-Orwell focused directly on him, picked up, the tiny whispers of his sub-vocalizations. He was a pirate, but there was one part of the cargo he did want to destroy, not steal. The first-grade readers for the mission house of alien natives on Ignatz Nine. Men called him a traitor to the human race, but he seed that the corruptive propaganda being fed to the swinoid youngsters of the planet. This little piggy went to market, this little piggy stayed home this little piggy had roast beef this little piggy had none it was insidious evil it said in effect that races who shared a common ancestor with the pig had better trade with earthmen on their terms on any terms if they hoped to go on being allowed to eat double dealing earthmen with their devious schemes were daily robbing literal-minded extraterrestrials, like the Ignat Swinoids, blind. Sometimes it made him ashamed to be an Earthman. Let them call him a renegade. He was going to help these sentient beings. He had a plan, even if he lacked the armed battlecruiser that the pirates had in the teletapes. There was a small corvette waiting for him on Ignat's Nine. It lacked the restricted official light drive of military and police craft, having only a civilian planet field booster. But if all went well, 
it would be sufficient for his escape baker glanced at the dial of his watch it showed no telltale color of listening devices within his area the detector had been sold to him by an eti agent and of course it lied confident he stepped over the chain separating him from the stairs to b-deck wormung was waiting for him as planned see the fat swarthy man said my brother my nephew my cousins we will bring our luggage to the cargo hold tonight i'll predispose the guards come right to hold seven understand da wormung assured him the man on watch collapsed soundlessly at a beam of nerve pressure on the neck and baker slipped inside immediately beginning to eject the first-grade readers through the escape hatch by the gross the mercenary wormong and his army of family arrived with experienced stealth and began dumping the new books from their privileged luggage baker replaced the contents of the open crates with the variant readers these volumes might be the tiny counterbalance needed to free a world of swinoids from the domination by earth who knew the full extent of the psychological effect of the three little pigs on young formative minds his work done baker sadly regarded the precious jewels and negotiable bonds from the registered mail there was no way around it this had to look like a robbery it was necessary that he take them quickly he stuffed everything into his synthetic appendix baker was allowed to disembark on ignatz nine so that he might be traced to his alien fellow conspirators the heavy jowled biped who greeted him at the smoky tavern was joyous you have done the next best thing for us to enable us to tell your busybody missionaries to go home we look upon you as one of our own and are hungry for the sight of you may you remain with us long too much work baker said gagging over the native beer but i must ask you a favor you implied you'd give me your right arm anything we have is yours but would not a cadaver's limb suit you as well as mine i must escape from this world you can give a private citizen like me something only a sovereign government can i want a jump drive not that yes i've earned it haven't i the swinoid nodded wearily you have the device will be put on your spacer use it only in deep space he was now in orbit that was far enough out earth patrols could still pick him up easily the eti spy pickup observed him as he reached out and put a finger on the button of the device given him by the swinoids as earth ships closed rapidly he pressed the button in a crisping flash of flame he lit with incredible speed two naturally we lost contact after the ship went up in flames if that man was the true baker he was undoubtedly destroyed of course we have a report from our spies on klondike two of events running just about concurrently if you'll allow one interruption street interjected 
as a competent xenological ethnologist i can assure you that baker was at least not completely destroyed by the fire his somewhat roasted remains would have been appropriated by the swinoids how so their people are as similar to pigs as we are to apes when one of their own wishes to die as they thought baker did in their typical alien literal-mindedness they dispose of his body in a special way remember how they said they thought of baker as one of their own and were hungry even for the sight of him three baker had been walking for two weeks across the primitive surface of the mining planet klondike two to reach a shack in the gray shadow of the granite mountain it wasn't gold he was after but escape unlike others seeking it he had headed away from the saloons but the peat bugs lens of air had followed him minutes later he was knocking on the door he had to have means of transportation at least as good as government ships to do his work of helping the aliens and make his escapes at least as good and preferably better the door was cracked by a kind-looking old man you've got five seconds to get before thirty thousand volts of electricity go through these floorboards you're standing on the old man said kindly professor gentle baker said hastily i have many friends one of them has told me you have established a major breakthrough in electronics that you have in fact invented a machine to transmit matter as radio and television transmit sound and sight some loose-lipped electronics jobber found that out did he step right in do you suppose i might be teleported baker asked tentatively of course you can my boy but first perhaps you'd like to take a look at some of the things i have teleported so far baker looked at the animals they were animals in the cages lining the laboratory he had been hungry a minute before now he had trouble just swallowing like making the original adjustments on a video set the old man explained hard to get your focus your horizontal and vertical interlination just right there's some distortion sometimes sort of messy on soul-searching consideration baker began don't take another step towards the door i've got the floor checkerboarded with electric grid where i can turn on the juice wherever you set your foot controls in my upper plate step into that coffin boy just my little pet name for it don't worry with some degree of reluctance baker stepped into the left of twin vertical boxes the lid closed in his face and locked before he could begin to have time to worry about his air supply the cover sprang open and he stepped out test over there was an echo a man stood in front of the second coffin baker had entered the one on the left and he was still in front of the left box he was also now in front of the cabinet on the right he had been completely duplicated that damn feedback again gentle grumbled in the first shock of this duplication and therefore seeming negation of his individual ego baker almost went mad 
you did this to me said baker and baker to gentle each drawing a concealed weapon and shooting the old man in the heart you two fellers drop your guns and stand still the voice behind them said the professor was always saying i was the most simple-minded assistant he ever had but i've got brains enough to pull this trigger on this old shotgun if you move the et chief explained the rest is hearsay those miners spy-proof their towns the trial was short with jeb the assistant's testimony but the jury deliberation was unaccountably long on a primitive world where justice ran fast for a blind woman we've waited long enough jeb said to the other men in the saloon let's break em out of the cellar and hang em the miners didn't let the jury set a precedent they hoisted a few inside the bar and went out of lone smiling hill and hoisted two more what have you idiots done the sheriff yelled as they trooped back into klondike city anticipated the verdict a mite jed admitted that's just it the sheriff groaned it was ruled justifiable homicide temporary insanity at the time of the crime each of the defendants was beside himself four obviously street said this is no more than a folk legend are you sure the director of eti asked fingering the report it can't be anything else granted that all the other events were true i would know baker was still alive only one because neither could stand the threat of the other to his ego you see the case would never have come to trial it would have been immediately dismissed why my dear fellow both bakers could not have been put on trial for the same murder as any student of law would know this would be a violation of the basic protection of double jeopardy five a fast spaceship put him well ahead of the law and a place to hide out until things simmered down that was all baker wanted and it was what he had he was too hot for more this is how we reconstructed it from our informant's version the eti chief said for the hundredth time he located wiser four on the star map it had been discovered by the gordon pole expedition half a century before few people even knew about it and most of those had forgotten it he would never have known about it himself if it hadn't been on the credentials of that bank official with those papers he was set to spend several profitable years in the great national bank he would be an alien but somehow aliens always seem to have more money than the natives on any given planet as blastdown time approached he read the characteristics of wiser four and found his greatest inconvenience would be the intense sunlight from the double suns not bright enough to burn but brilliant enough to dazzle he searched the ship for sunglasses but all he could find were snow goggles a visor of black plastic with twin slits to look through he put them on resolving never to steal an improperly equipped spaceship again howdy partner the humanoid at the spaceport was bald and green 
He wore a wide-brimmed hat, chaps, and a large gun. Nothing else at all. Forgive my informal dress. Forgot my kerchief, boots, and spurs this morning. Who might you be? Baker gave the title of his position at the bank, explaining that it would be his job to help arrange for loans to the local ranchers. You'll find this a friendly place. Tumbleweed is an adult western town. We know the banker ain't always head of the gang of rustlers. As the weeks passed, Baker learned to live with the alien's strange obsession with the things and persons of the Old West. They were even more fanatic than the terrestrial Frenchmen over the American frontier. It was not exaggerating to say that they regarded the men in the old films they got from Earth as gods. They had appropriated appropriate Western given and surnames, but while there were plenty of Wills and Davies and Rogerses and Crockett's, it was always Will Crockett and Davy Rogers. Anything other would have been sacrilege. Baker's biggest problem was getting a good mixed martini. Everybody on Wiser Four drank their rot gut straight. But by becoming friendly with the bartender, Gene Gibson, at the Golden Slipper, he managed to get his mixed drinks. Which do you think is faster on the draw, Matt Dillon or William S. Hart? Tom asked Baker early one evening. I don't give a hoot, Gibson, Baker snarled, reaching for his martini. The shocked faces along the bar turned toward him and hands moved toward loaded guns. I meant pictures, Baker said hastily. I wouldn't give one of my pictures of Hoot Gibson for two each of Ken Maynard and Tim McCoy. Everybody to his own taste, Gibson said agreeably. Baker exhaled and gulped his drink. It had been a close one. But as time wore on, the habits of the Western-loving aliens grated more and more on Baker's soul. He was particularly irritated by the weekly ritual every male had of riding into the sunset. Since there were two sunsets in opposite directions, it was a long and involved and thoroughly annoying process. Tom Wayne had kept Baker waiting for an hour at the Golden Slipper to discuss his loan. Baker was exasperated and dry. Local custom regarded it as friendly to not begin your drinking before your companion arrived. Gibson lay out the ingredients of a martini on the bar. You gonna wait any longer for Tom to finish riding into the sunset before I start mixing? Baker whirled angrily. Nuts to Tom, mix. Before the blasphemous words died on his lips, Baker saw death in the rising barrels of the vengeful six-shooters. 6. I doubt this story very much, Street said to the director. The planet and its conditions have been verified, the director replied. Even better reason to doubt that Baker died there. He probably was worshipped as one of the gods. Why do you think that? the director asked the xenologist think it out for yourself imagine the reception that would be given to a man who stepped out of a spaceship wearing what would appear to be a black mask and who told these people he was the lone ranger 
7. Baker jammed the accelerator of the ground car down until his thumbnail turned white. The eye of the ETI peep bug observed the police car of the native authorities behind Baker's vehicle, closing fast. This is how it happens, he subvocalized. A great career in interplanetary crime ends with an arrest by hit cops for selling dirty books. Why had he ever sunk so low? That was easy. It took a stake to do anything big, and he had to get a pile by selling books after what had happened to him on Wellington One. The Decameron, Forever Amber, Pierre Louis, all the old classics like that still went over with some of the humanoid and biped races. He had none of the new stuff, only titles in the public domain. He couldn't force himself to fall to the level of literary pirate. But here on Lintz Three, he was slaying braces of fowl with a single stone. Lintzians were highly stimulated by intricate philosophy and mathematics. This allowed him to sell banned copies of Korzybitsky at outrageous prices, while at the same time introducing the native intellectuals to human semantics, a definite aid to the natives in throwing off the verbal domination of Earthmen. The humans' first lobby in the galactic legislature was willing to live with the difficulties caused by the absolute literal-mindedness of most extraterrestrials, so long as they could continue to make them believe in lifetime guarantees and unbreakable toys for inventive youngsters. True, many a human traveler had lived to regret a chance remark to the effect he could eat a horse and nobody likes to think what happened to people who exclaimed a preference for being damned within range of obliging natives but all in all those were minor liabilities in the path of the infernal machine of progress the eti was working double shifts to find human renegades who were teaching the semantic variations in words of human speech to aliens on a world where philosophy and higher math were themselves prescribed because of the limiting factor of narcotic colloid reaction he had also to reckon with native cops he wasn't going to be able to outrun this squad car baker let it pull alongside and dialed himself regretfully toward the embankment then as the police matched his maneuver he switched on emergency power and sideswiped them with an ear-jarring crash Thrown from the counterbalance of its gravatic suspension system, the squad car sailed off as helplessly as a balloon. Rashid, Baker yelled on entering his quarters, get my smoking jacket. Isn't dinner prepared yet? The turbaned, green-skinned native did what might have been called a salam if he had been Muslim instead of Hindu. Everything is in readiness, Sahib. Baker was worried he had spoken so shortly, but somehow he always did. Rashid understood. Baker was under a terrible strain, not knowing when the ETI might descend on him. There was also the matter of Melissa, his wife, whom he missed very much. But as a Hinduphile, a true convert, Rashid was of a gentle and forgiving nature. As Baker settled back in his easy chair, someone started smashing in the back door. By the time the police of Lintz reached the living room, Baker was gone. 
alas the sergeant major intoned if only the sinner had repented his purchase of the forbidden book before instead of after he finished reading it as soon as he lifted the curtain of his own modest dwelling in the native quarter rashid knew there was someone in the darkness waiting for him i hope you don't mind old boy baker said didn't know where else to go to escape being hunted down i am overjoyed to find you well sahib how did you escape baker told him about his escape but somehow his talk kept coming back to melissa his wife i tell you it would have taken kathleen windsor to describe her she's but i'm bored rashid rashid drew the gun with a graceful movement as you say sahib i have read of our traditional life in india and as a hindu i know what i must do when i find my house has been invaded by a hunting boar rashid squeezed the trigger eight the shot the chief said to street unfortunately destroyed our peat bug you were taken in there street replied there is only one way to describe verbally baker's attitude toward his man proving this was all an act a good hindu would never harm baker his wife is built like a cow nine thorson checked his gun inside his cummerbund that was about the only place a man or woman had to hide a weapon in these times of relatively tight fashions on earth the gun was still there safety off as he firmly expected he settled back in his chair and glanced across the restaurant at hastings the trader an infamous outlaw such as baker could count on few friends one less than even he expected the reward on the criminal had grown sizable not that thorson would get any of it all he had to do was kill the poor devil on sight it would be foolish to say that he didn't like killing it was his job in the eti but sometimes he wearied of his work what did baker look like it was a good question and it would give him something to think about while he waited on the face of the existing evidence it was obvious that baker had somewhere discovered some means of superlative disguise he could so change himself with stretching shrinking fattening and slenderizing that if a man knew he wasn't baker he had to doubt everybody and anybody else orders were to kill the first man who came up to hastings at his table he would have to shoot if it were his own father or the director of the eti and there wasn't too much difference he reflected he was seated where he could see both the entrance and the door to the men's room other agents were covering the back way Baker would have to come from the tiered front. Would Thorson be able to kill Baker? If he got off the first shot, he would. Evening fashions were too tight for meteor shields. If he were wearing an electronic caress, he could tell it immediately by the twins' fears that gave the football shoulder effect. Moreover, if anyone entered wearing such obvious armor, it would have been flashed to him in that case a hand bomb would have to be used which would be unfortunate for hastings and possibly thorson 
Hastings wasn't showing his fear. He had been doped to hide that, but he was growing more alert. Baker was coming. Thorson forced himself not to give things away by reaching for his weapon yet. He fastened his attention on the two doors into the cafe. The shot blew most of Thorson's lungs away, but the electronic wiring in his muscles kept the shock from killing him outright. He turned and managed to get off one shot before death started climbing up his arms from his fingers, and the weapon fell. He should have kept in mind that no one had ever seen Baker and lived to tell it. Now he had seen Baker, and he was not going to live either. But then Baker was dead even now in spite of Thorson's mistake. Before he died, Thorson took one last look at the figure with the long golden hair lying on the threshold of the ladies' room. 10. This story is absolutely authentic, the director said. Several ETI agents saw the whole thing. But somehow, in the confusion, somebody stole Baker's body. Really, director, Street said. You don't actually believe Baker was a woman. Are you suggesting a disguise? It had to be. Baker's body disappeared by getting up and walking away. The only way it could do that was for it to be armored. The only way for Baker to get into that building was for his armor to be hidden. There was only one way he could hide the two spheres of electronic equipment necessary to project the caress field. And he couldn't do it if he really had been a woman. 11. The director leveled his gun at Street. I am at last convinced that there is only one way in which you could be so certain that Baker is not dead. You know he is alive, and you know it because you are Baker. You are correct, Street said. I am the celebrated Robin Hood of space. It's too great an honor to deny. I will go into confinement for many years because of what I am about to do but I must see the galaxy rid of you. The director fired the lethal charge at point-blank range, and the tall man tumbled to the door. I had to do it, the director said over the body. It was well enough to frame you for Baker's crimes, due to your suspicious knowledge of him. But I didn't know you were going to fail to protest, that you were going to go along with the lie. I couldn't stand another man living to take the honor for being Baker. There is no living baker but me. 12. The tall man rolled over on the floor and sat up. Then you admit you are baker. No, never mind firing again. I am wearing meteor armor under my clothes. It's sufficient to stop a gun blast. You are a clever devil, the director snarled. A man who has to be clever to be baker. You are not Baker, the director shrieked. I am. Are you, the tall man said superciliously. Think why you came here. You have been working too hard, director. You received too many stories about Baker. You began to envy him his freedom of movement. Soon you began to think you were Baker. Your analyst sent you to me to make you see through this legend of Baker. It was to my advantage to do so. The director wavered. 
If I'm not Baker, who is? I told you, the tall man said, drawing a gun and shooting the director in the head. I am. He smiled down at the body. You weren't wearing armor, were you? Street reversed the dial on his gun and shot the director a second time. Quickly, he stirred from his paralysis. Sorry I had to do that, director, Street said. But I could see you were about to strangle me with naked hands. The important thing is to fix the idea firmly in your mind that I was Baker. If you thought I was, then you would realize that you couldn't be. I do, the director said miserably as he climbed to his feet and dusted off his breeches. But if I'm not Baker, and you're not Baker, who is Baker? Director, just as telling your story and hearing my answers to them cured you of believing you were Baker, the events of this story are designed to make someone remember the true identity of Baker. That very person who now believes in a different personality of his own. Who is this person who is really Baker? the director asked. The person who is now reading this story, Street said. 13. I'm afraid it won't do, Mr. Street, the editor of Men's True Space said across his desk. It's fiction. There can be only one baker, and tens of thousands would read the story in my magazine. You're missing the point, Mr. Trent, Street said. There is only one manuscript, and it is in your hands. You are baker. No, Trent said. No. Yes, Street said relentlessly. Just as the director realized he was not Baker, you must realize you are. Trant lay back in his swivel, gasping. All right, all right, I admit it. I am Baker. But you aren't really, Mr. Trant, Street said calmly. I know you thought at one time you were Baker, and then repressed the idea. But I knew that at some future time the delusion might return, and you might begin to claim to be Baker once more. As you said, there can only be one Baker. I am Baker. You lie, Trent snarled. I know the truth now. I am Baker. There can only be one. The editor jerked the gun up from his desk drawer. The shots crashed at the same instant. Trant ran the letter spindle through his chest as he fell across the desk. Street settled back into his chair comfortably, death in his lungs from the gas bullet that had exploded inside his armor. 14. The director of extraterrestrial investigations opened the closet door and stepped into the office. You fools, Baker said to himself. He had no doubt he was the true the original baker he remembered clearly that he had stepped out of the left cabinet of gentle's transmitter the one which he had first entered he did remember that didn't he yes doubting himself was the first stride down the road these two had taken his act to shock street into realizing they were both baker had been elaborate but street had gone schizoid he was no copy but there were copies of Baker, dozens of them. 
all helping the downtrodden aliens from terrestrial exploitation and making fortunes for themselves there were fat ones thin ones tall ones short ones all kinds of bakers thanks to refinements of gentle's distortion factors in matter duplication to an exact science a desired result not an accident like the duplication itself unfortunately in a few physical distortion meant mental disorientation these no longer had to merely pretend to be other people than baker it was too bad about them and about all the other bakers who had died he really had died in all those ways on all those worlds in all those bodies despite streets clever excuses still it wasn't a bad life helping the helpless and himself to all they could get yes baker decided dying was a good way to make a living the end of baker's dozen by jim harmon